The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walters, a board-certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now, I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in every Thursday. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Hey everyone, welcome back to an on episode of You're Gonna Love Me. It's me, Katie, and it's, well, it's almost Halloween, but it's Halloween weekend. And that means I have a very spooky episode for you today. And I have a special guest who has a, I guess, spooky kind of job. I came across this guest on, I guess it was TikTok, and then went to the YouTube channel, which, oh my God. So I have Mike of Charm City Paranormal, and he's a paranormal investigator, which I think is just, I would never have enough balls to do this job. But Mike, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So like I said, I I mean, I would like to think that I could go into, you know, a haunted asylum or a haunted castle and just walk around. But I don't, th- I mean, I've driven up to a haunted house here in LA and didn't get out of the car. I mean, what, what was the draw to wanting to, you know, investigate these places? So really it, it it happened by accident. Initially I was going to do urban exploration photography and cause I've always had like on and off, I've had a background with photography over the years, probably the last 10 years. And I stopped pursuing it for a while because of my career. I was working in IT. And once the pandemic hit, I, my business closed down. I really didn't have a whole lot going on at that time. So I thought I would just pick up photography again. I would try to get back out. It would keep me busy. I really like the ambience and the creepy aesthetic of just old abandoned decaying buildings. I'm, I'm a huge history nerd and I love looking at old architecture and just kind of soaking in time capsules and, and learning from these places. And I figured I could capture that art through photography and share it with the world. So I decided to go to a place called Forest Haven here in Maryland. And my very first Urbex trip, I encountered something paranormal. It was honestly, to this day, it was still the most shocking thing that I've dealt with because I, I'd never had any paranormal experiences in my life. I, I never like watched the TV shows or, or watched videos online of it. I, I had my world. I was in IT and computers. So I wanted to get into this photography stuff. And then I heard this. To this day, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, a scream, a wail, a cry, a groan, just all, all of these 
crazy emotions bottled into one sound that screamed at me in one of these buildings, almost like, get out. And when I heard it, the first thing that came to my mind was that that didn't sound like a person. It didn't sound human. And my body locked up. I was kind of stuck. I didn't know if I should run or what to do. I took every ounce of strength in my body to turn away from the doorway I was about to walk through when I heard that noise to run. I ran out. I was with a friend. I wasn't alone. (laughs) We ran and we went outside for about five minutes, tried to explain to him what I'm explaining to you now. I still can't comprehend what that noise was. Well, eventually we decided to go back in because we wanted to see if somebody was messing with us or, you know, just, just see what it was. And when I went back in, went through the same doorway where I heard it. When you walk through, it's sort of a lobby area in the hospital and it juts off in different directions. There's a left, middle, and right hallway. Down the middle hallway, it had just rained the night before. There was a giant puddle in the center of that hallway. It's about two inches of water on the ground. There were bare footprints leading from the puddle up to the doorway. They stopped. And then they, they went nowhere. No. They didn't turn around. They didn't spread out. They just, there was about 10 or 15 of them that led up to the doorway and stopped. And I'm thinking, whatever that noise was, it was coming towards us. And when we decided to turn around and run, it stopped what it was doing. I can show you pictures if you'd like. Because <laughs> I definitely took pictures of the oh footprints the day that that happened. So I'm... I wear a size 12 shoe. When I put my foot up next to this, it was probably size 15, size 16. There's one of them. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then there's, there's like more that are leading towards us. One, the one set there is two left feet. Yeah. I mean, and these are fresh. Like these are, these are freshly wet feet. Mm-hmm. And we were at the asylum all day. This was the last building that we were going into before leaving. We were there for probably three hours. Nobody was there. We even scanned the whole building afterwards just to see if anybody was messing with us. There was nobody there all day. I had never experienced anything like that in my life up until that point. And I was just, I was so deeply fascinated by it. I decided to go home and review the footage that I had because I had a GoPro strapped to my chest mostly for security reasons, but also if I decide to make clips and stuff, I like to just have a constant flow of footage going. So I decided to review that footage. And between the research that I was doing on like paranormal terminology and what other people catch in their videos, I was getting EVPs. I caught an apparition on camera. There were voices talking. Yeah. There was all kinds of evidence and I immediately latched onto it. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do photography. I want to, <laughs> I want to ghost hunt. I want to see if I can recreate this experience again. And here we are two, almost three years later. You're, so you're just like, I want more of this. Yeah. I mean, most people are like, I hope I never have this experience again. <laughs> yeah. Most people are. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had like some experiences and you know, they, they rock me to my core. Like I don't, it, I don't really find it to be fascinating or enjoyable like it's scary Mm -hmm. but but i mean thank you for 
doing what you do so we can enjoy it from, you know, the safety and comfort of our homes because, because truly, so your YouTube is charms the paranormal and it's shot really beautifully. So it makes sense that you were, you know, in photography because that's, you know, definitely you. you bring the production value to the content. So I, yeah, I was watching, I mean, I've watched a few of them at this point and they're really like movies almost, but I watched the Velisca Axe Murder House. I mean, would you say that, is one of the most terrifying places that you've been? Absolutely. That That's the place that changed everything for me as far as being a paranormal investigator. Leading up to that, I was just more or less making content because I had fun with it. And I, I liked the experience of going out and investigating. But the entire night at the Axe House, between Edinburgh Manor the night before and the Axe House, all of the events that led up to that night and after just really, it changed a lot of outlooks and perspectives on what I view the paranormal as. And it started, I started to take this a lot more seriously after the Axe House. Because it's not just all fun, right? Right, right. Absolutely. I had a friend that did a night at Axe Murder House and filmed it on, you know, he's a YouTube channel as well. And he kind of described it similar as you as it being just the most evil place he'd ever been. And it having a similar feeling of it wanting death upon him basically yeah and he got physically ill like he was throwing up at different points throughout the night he'd go he'd keep going outside yeah Um, yeah we did the same thing we were going outside every 30 minutes all night we couldn't stay in there for longer than about 30 to 35 minutes and we had to force ourselves like we can't do this right now we need to go take 10 or 15 minutes is that like the only time that when you've been in your investigations that you were unable to stay or you you actually just wanted to to get away yeah believe it or not we have done i want to say close to 40 investigations now and still to this day that is the only investigation where i've left early i couldn't finish the night and you talk about like the sort of mental manipulation that you experienced there Mm -hmm. where you where you know maybe you were experiencing something that Ethan, you're, is Ethan always there with you? Is it the two of you that are always together? Yeah, we collab on a lot of videos together. Okay. So that there'd be certain things that maybe he was experiencing that you weren't experiencing or seeing, and maybe cameras picking up. I mean, how bad was it? Like, I mean, I imagine it's probably hard to articulate, but can you describe what it's like? If I had to, I would say it's almost like waking up in just the worst mood possible, and then the entire day going completely against you all day long. But instead of it being a slow burn where it's things adding up throughout the day and just at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I can't wait to sit down. It hits you in like 10 minutes, the whole day, the whole feeling of the day hits you in 10 minutes. And then it just stays with you the whole time you're in the house. For me, I was feeling just like uncontrollable anger and rage. And I was upset thinking about the family, thinking about what happened to the, the, the kids, the parents, how nobody found the killer. And you know, it's one thing when you when you watch videos and you look at pictures and you hear all this stuff about the place, but then when you go inside and you sit at the same table that that family had their last meal, you sit on the couches, you sit on the beds, you're in the rooms, you're just taking all that energy in. I don't know, I just couldn't process it. It was very hard for me to understand what would possess somebody to do that to someone, let alone an entire family. Mm-hmm. And I just felt uncontrollable 
anger for the family, if that makes sense. Like I, I felt angry for them that something so senseless could happen. And it, yeah. it stayed with me the whole time. It wasn't just feelings that would come and go. It would, when we did the tour in the beginning of the day, we got there at like 5 p.m. and I was fine. Nothing, nothing happened. You know, it was just like walking into an old house. And then the guide left. We started setting up around 9 p.m. and it was like the house just came to life in a matter of minutes. Things started happening all around us. The feelings were setting in. The whole house just tries to either pit you against your investigation partners, pit you against yourself. It's truly unlike anything I've ever experienced while doing this. Holy shit, that is really heavy. Do you bring anything with you for like protection or like what what is what are the things obviously besides the equipment? Like, do you are you superstitious anywhere? Do you bring certain things with you on these investigations? Yes, sometimes. Sometimes I'll bring Palo Santo clear negative energies. I wear like tiger's eye and the amethyst and mm-hmm. black tourmaline, obsidian, things like that. I'm not religious, but I am a very spiritual person. I do believe in, you know, connecting with my higher guides and, you know, setting affirmations, asking for help, asking for advice, looking for the signs in the world. So I I do rely on them pretty heavily when it comes to being protected in these places because some of them are very dark and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of heavy negative energy in them. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I guess it just depends on me. Yeah. So in that same respect, do you have any like, not pregame, that sounds weird, but yeah, I guess pregame like sort of rituals that you do before you go? Like, do you have to like meditate or? I do personally, yes. I feel like meditation and just asking for open, clear communication really does help with guiding the investigation, having better insight and getting better results. I don't know. I just, I've always done it before every investigation and they turn out great. I think they do. Yeah. What has been your most, I mean, I, I can't say positive, but I mean, obviously Villisca Axe Murder House was not so good, but what has been your favorite place to investigate? Probably Forest Haven where it started. Just because that was the beginning of it all or, or just what was well, it about it? It was, I mean, not only the beginning, but we've, we've been going there for like two years and we know everything about that place. We know all of the hot spots. We know common resident spirits there. We know where to go, what to avoid. We always get activity and evidence there. And I don't know, it's just like my second home at this point. I go Is there so cheers? much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows your name. So like, you feel like you go back there and like you're greeted. By all the spirits. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They get excited. They start playing with all the devices and making noise. And I'll go home and review footage. And they're like, he's back. Hey, Mike. Welcome really? Back. Yeah. Yeah. They like know your name and stuff. Yeah. I have a whole folder of EVPs and little clips of them saying stuff either about me or to me based off of the amount of times that I've been what there. Are they, what do they say about you? Sometimes they'll they'll say like, "Can you help me? Can you get me out of here? You helped Clarabelle. Can you help me? We're going with you. We miss you. Glad you're back." Oh. It's uh, yeah. I, I've developed a very interpersonal relationship with that place. You could say like, I'm just I'm I'm as drawn to that place as they are to me going there. Wait, who's Clarabella? Have you seen the Forest Haven video yet? 
I haven't watched that yet. No. And I need to go back and watch that one. I watched, oh God, I can't remember which ones I watched, but I guess I need to watch the Forest Haven one. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil it for okay. you. Okay. But I won't spoil it. She is mentioned in there. And I, honestly, that's my favorite video. Okay. That's, I, I, I love that video. I guess I should have asked you back when I first talked to you which one I should watch, which, you know, but I, I was just kind of like scrolling through and picking ones that I thought looked cool <laughs> that's okay yeah definitely check out forest haven when okay. you get some time it's a ride okay wow well then all right don't spoil it for me but i mean okay well speaking of them saying we're gonna go with you have you ever had any attachments when you leave these places have you had any experience with that all the time really all the all the time every single investigation really so like what like what is that like well, the first year, year and a half, it was absolutely terrifying to go to these places. Like, it's one thing when you sign up for it and you're like, here, I'm here to talk to you and learn about you. But then you go home, and you're like, this is my, my sanctuary. This is where I come here to relax and I'm okay. And then you start seeing lights turning on and hearing footsteps and voices and stuff is falling over. And you're like, I thought I left you guys there. And they come back with you, but oftentimes you, they, they don't bother me. You don't get scared. No, you're, not, you're, at this point, no. You don't get scared. You really don't seem scared while you're in these places. It doesn't appear that way. Oh, I'm scared. It, it doesn't. You, you seem very cool, <laughs> calm, collected. You're ch like just chilling. I, I mean, I would be like freaking the fuck out. I would be crying. Yeah. I'd be cussing everyone out. Like I would be, <laughs> I would be flipping the fuck out, but you seem chill. And so then you come home and now you're in your place going to bed and lights are going off and footsteps and maybe doors are opening and you're still okay. I mean, I guess once, <laughs> once you do it enough, you kind of, you just get desensitized to it. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but no, I just, I, mean, uh, I got used to it. So you don't, but you don't do anything to like clear your space or do you? I do. I think a lot of them, I think they're resident spirits that have always been here. And now that I'm choosing to do this and acknowledge them, I think now it's sort of waking them up in a way that now I notice it. Whereas before I never noticed it. Oh, so you're, so you're just becoming yeah more aware. So how yeah. many, how many ghost roommates do you have? You think? <laughs> I don't know, 20, 30, 40, something like Stop that, it. <laughs> at least. I do tests in here sometimes, and I ask them to set off devices. Like I'll say, if there's more than 10 of you in here, set this off. If there's more than 15, 20, and I got up to like 35 before it finally stopped. Oh so God. I know there's at least 35 in here, but most I mean, of it, I think God. most of it's family, friends, or asylum patients from these places that I go to. I go to a lot of asylums and hospitals and I mean, maybe they're stuck. Maybe they don't want to be there anymore and they're trying to get out and I'm, I don't know how to help them. I wish I could, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not like equipped to do that yet. Oh God. That's so sad. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like as long as they're chill and they don't want to hurt me, you know, and they know that I can't really help them. I, I guess they could hang out. Yeah, that's kind of what I look at it as. They're just roommates. And I, I don't want to see them. Like, don't let me see you. 
you can you can hang out, but I really don't want to see you. Do you see a lot of apparitions? No, no, I don't. No. I've only ever seen anything in my house probably two or three times in the last two two and a half years. Too many. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it definitely is the first time. Like I was going up the stairs, and when you go up and around the railing to go down the hall to come into my room, there's a mirror on the other bedroom door. And I never look into the mirror because my brain is automatically like, you're going to see something in there you don't want to see at two o'clock in the morning. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know why I decided to look. And the one time I looked, I saw a face at the like bottom of the steps, kind of almost as if somebody were laying on the steps, peeking around the railing. No, (laughs) God, no. Yeah. And it scared the hell out of me for sure. I jumped and like ran into my room and shut the door and I was like, don't come in here. But for the most part, no, I don't see them. I'll hear them. I'll get chills in certain spots of the house. And sometimes I'll set stuff out for them to have a conversation if they'd like to talk. But it's, see, it's hard for me to explain why all this is happening because you haven't seen Forest Haven and that that <laughs> like, explains well, why, it. I wish you would have told me to watch this. I know. I'm so sorry. Okay. But well, I know I should have. I, I, I wanted to watch them all, but they're, they're long. <laughs> they are. They are. They're long. Oh my God. Okay. Then I have another question. What is your stance on Ouija boards? I don't really have one, honestly. It's kind of like an indifference. I don't use them. I don't really think that they're as powerful as people claim them to be. I think at one point when they were first invented, yeah, there was a lot of energy and thought that went into using one. But as times change and people rely on different methods of communication, I think it's very rare to ever get anything from it unless the person who is you know, being the vessel for it is incredibly in tune. I, I've used them five or six times, never had anything ever happen. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's the energy that I'm putting off, but I don't, I, I'll, I'll put one up on the wall. It's like a nice decoration <laughs> piece. I don't, I know people who collect them. So they have wall, their walls are covered in Ouija boards. You will, I will, I will not touch one. I won't fuck with one. I don't know. Yeah, I was that way too. It took a lot for me to finally sit down and, and play with one. And then I sat there for like 20 minutes with my friend and nothing happened. Not a single move, nothing, no activity picked up around us. We're like, well, that was, that was kind of overhyped. So then we put it away, tried again a few weeks later, (laughs) nothing happened. After about the fourth time of nothing happening, we're like, we're just not going to waste our time with this anymore. This is eating into the investigation time of 30 minutes of holding our hands on a planchette for nothing. I, I imagine at this point, you would be unimpressed by a Ouija board considering things that you've seen and done. Is there yeah. anywhere that you haven't investigated? I mean, I'm sure there is, but, like, but that you really want to go to. My top three right now are the Sally House in Kansas. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I've heard, yeah, I've heard, yes. I've heard yeah, that's, that's like the top of my list right now. I want to do the Conjuring House. Just, I, I really want to see... I want to see what all the buzz is about this place because I hear so much about it. And, you know, there's a whole anthology of movies about it and all this story, Mm. but I I want to see it for myself and Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Oh, yeah. So you like sanatoriums. What is it about the sanatoriums? I feel like you have some, you you have a lot of videos in that one, in those. I don't know. I think it, 
it kind of blends what I wanted to do with what I'm doing. So originally I wanted to do urbex photography in these giant abandoned places. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get to fulfill both by being in these sanatoriums or these hospitals, asylums. It's really just like a best of both worlds situation. Yeah. What about if you could go into like Europe? Because I mean, that's old shit over there. Yeah. I would like to do 30 East Drive. I think that's what it's called. It's like the most haunted house in Edinburgh or Edinburgh. Bannerman's Castle, I think, is out there. Or like Dracula's Castle. Yeah. Suicide Forest. Oh. Gungeum. Oh, that would be really scary. Yeah. Are you, I mean, are you allowed to go out there? Isn't it like disrespectful? <laughs> I don't know. You can get guides through the, I think it's called Aoki Gahara Forest in so Japan. You just have to go through the right channels. Yeah. Yeah. There's been plenty of people that have gone out there and filmed and have made full videos on those locations. I just, uh, I don't have $3,000 to fly round trip to Japan. Otherwise, I would. I mean, highly recommend, but yeah, for sure. For sure. What about like cemeteries? Do you ever do like cemetery kind of stuff or no? No, I feel like a lot of the spirits or energies that are there are at rest. You know, that's that's the final stop. I feel like the You don't think other we, spirits go to visit <laughs> like we do? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I don't know. It's just kind of just never was in my interest to do cemeteries. I've done them a few times, but I, I want to, I like to hit bigger locations, kind of like sanatoriums, hospitals, large houses, things like that. I'm just not, you have to go through certain channels to get permission to go to cemeteries. A lot of it's privately owned or you have to get permission from the police and things like that. Otherwise you get trespassing charges. And I just try to avoid all that. Most cemeteries don't like you ghost hunting. They, they look at it kind of disrespectful, especially Christ, Christianity religion. Uh, yeah. Necromancy is frowned upon. And that's what I do. So <laughs> most of them are like, no, the, the two or three I have asked, they're like, absolutely not. Well, some of them are just really pretty. There was, there's one in, in Park City where I'm from, Park City, Utah. And it's, it's, it's old and it's, you know, it's not the cemetery that they currently bury people at. And it's really sad because when you go and you look at some of the tombstones, it's a lot of really young kids and like babies and stuff but it's a really like beautiful cemetery when we go and take pictures and i feel like there's just like tons of like i feel like orbs pop up in all the photos and everything Mm. it's but it's i mean it's really beautiful park city is a really cool town too that there's a lot of activity around there it's like an old mining town and my brother does photography and for, for real estate and okay. he does it for some of the old, like there's, you know, some condos that have, they were old places on main street that have been turned into. And he's had some really bizarre experiences being touched by ghosts, like scratched by ghosts and stuff. Have you ever been touched? I mean, you talk about the list that you were touched, but have you ever had any kind of experience where you've been grabbed or pushed or touched in any of these places? Yeah. All the time. I haven't been scratched right. yet. I haven't gotten any like marks on my body from doing this, but yeah, pushed, grabbed, jabbed, shoved, pretty much any kind of physical touch has happened. I'm hoping I don't get scratched, but I guess that's inevitable. I think people, there's a common misconception that, you know, ghosts or spirit can't hurt you. No, they can definitely hurt you. I I almost, I, I just had a really bad 
like physical situation with um, an Estes method that I did at one of our recent investigations, which has never happened before. Can you explain now, what Estes method, method is? Yeah, so an Estes method is when you take a spirit box, which is a form of communication, and you put headphones on to block out any of the sounds that are coming from it. And you have one user sit with a pair of headphones and a blindfold on listening to the sounds of the spirit box while another user sits close by asking questions. The person wearing the headphones can't hear what's being asked. They're just going to say out loud what they hear through the spirit box. And the idea is to remove bias to see if any of the answers match up. It was first coined by two investigators out in Estes Park, Colorado in the Stanley Hotel in 2016, hence the name Estes Method. And it's it's a really cool way of communication. I use it in every single video that I do. But this last one that we just did, I'm so I'm running tours at a at a theater right now until November. And they're letting us investigate it to get familiar with the place. And I was doing an Estes method in one of the theaters. Some time went on. It started to get aggressive. Eventually something said, I'll kill Michael. And oh. I said that out loud. And as soon as I said that, I started to feel this crazy pit in my stomach, like I was going to projectile vomit. My whole body started shaking. I started sweating. My knees and my ankles were on fire. I had to stop. And I went outside and took about 15 minutes, but I've never felt that doing this. Nothing has ever made me feel physically ill. Like I've had lightheadedness, I've had dizziness, a bit of fatigue after doing stuff like that because it takes some of your energy to do that. But whatever is in that theater definitely wanted to cause me harm. And I think it probably would have if I would have stayed any longer. Oh my God. And you were doing tours? Not that night. Oh. Um, we were just investigating that night. But yes, I do host tours <laughs> there every weekend. And they want to kill you. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. It's not. It's a pretty dark spot. There's, there's a lot of negative energy there, I think, from the thousands of people going there and getting scared during the haunted house attraction season. And I think all that fear is building into something. And now it's just it's all juiced up and ready to scare the hell out of people. And this is in Maryland. Yeah, this is in Laurel, Maryland. Okay. So if anyone wants to go do that, yeah, no thanks to me. I don't do that anymore. Yeah, come on down. We got three (laughs) weeks left. Laurel's House of Horrors in Laurel, Maryland. If you want to come see the real deal, use our equipment, hang out for a couple hours. Be cool to meet some people. Oh my God. Yeah, that sounds like a good time, everyone. You should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you like to ghost hunt. It, it gets very intense out there. I mean, I, I did a ghost hunting thing in, in New Orleans, and they put magnets all over the place. So, Does that do anything? Well, I mean, we had equipment, and I think it was just making the, mag- the, the equipment go off. Wouldn't it? I don't know. I actually got to test that theory out now. I didn't know that. Well, why would there just be like random magnets in, in the places that they told us to go look at? Were they just little like flat disc magnets or were they boxes were they em pumps i don't know it felt like a bit of a scam i don't know I was bummed. Uh, it's, it's common it's very common for those ghost tours to to do that unfortunately yeah i know it was, it was a bit of a bummer because i wanted i you know i wanted to see some activity but i didn't know that Actually, I want to try that out now. I just ordered magnets to um, like make all my lights magnetic so I could put them in various places when I'm filming. I'm going to try that. 
see if it does anything to like your like little device. Like it's just like a little handheld device, just, but to see, who, you know, I don't know what, uh, what would we call it? The, um, Maybe like a K2 meter or something? Something like that. Yeah. To see if it would just go, I don't know. It just felt like that they wanted to people to, to get a rise out of people and people to be excited and feel like they, you know, had a good experience. Yeah, of course. It could be wrong, but it just, I don't know why there would be random magnets in places, but I'm not going to call them out, but <laughs> be aware in New Orleans for these ghost tours. But what has been like the, you know, biggest takeaway or lesson that you've had, or, you know, along the way in doing your investigations? Hmm. For me, I think overall, I don't know, it's, it's changed so many aspects of my life in a way that nothing else really has. And, you know, like some people get fulfillment or satisfaction out of growing an audience or traveling or creating content or making new friends. And they're, they're almost like isolated incidents when it comes to that kind of stuff. And the paranormal has more or less sort of encompassed all of that for me. It's really opened me up spiritually. It's helped me do a lot of internal work and how I not only view the world, but how I view how I'm carrying myself, how I'm treating other people around me, you know, what my purpose is and my mission. And it's all, it's, it's been very positive, even with setbacks. Like I don't even really look at them as setbacks. It's more like just lessons. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I learned something from the experience. There's really no bad to be taken from any of it. It's just now, you know, apply it to the next, the next time or the next trial. And I don't know. I've just, I've learned, I've met so many people. I've learned so much about myself and everything around me in a way that I don't think I would have learned had I not started doing this. So it's, it's been a very, I hate to sound so cliche, but it's been a very enlightening experience overall. That's awesome. I wasn't expecting that answer, but that is, that's really cool. What kind of advice would you give to anyone that wants to kind of get into ghost hunting or investigating? Don't stress yourself out too much trying to prove anything to anybody. Do it for you. And, and if it's valid to you and your experiences are real to you, pursue it more for a personal endeavor than anything. If you choose to get into co making content or you know, deciding to put yourself out there and make videos or make, you know, take photos or whatever. Just remember that you're, you're doing it for an, as an internal journey and not something that needs to be validated externally. Because being a paranormal investigator, a lot of people look at it as, oh, we're just going through the dark and trying to make sense of all these noises and all these things. But for me and a lot of people that I know, it's an incredibly personal journey that just validates a lot of our questions that we ponder on life after death and you know what our lives look like based off of the energies around us that we're interacting with and i think once you start to get a better understanding of that and you start to see how different haunts and different locations interact in different ways with you it just opens up so many different avenues in your mind to kind of explore facets of your life that may need improvement and how changing certain patterns or certain beliefs or certain approaches to certain things based off of investigating and applying that to your life in general, how it could just, it could benefit you overall. So overall, I think if you decide to get into being a paranormal investigator, 
make it a deeply personal journey because it'll reward you and be worth it for a much longer term than if you're just doing this to get attention or have people watch you. I mean, that's, well, I mean, the insights that you could gain if you're open to it could be really cool. Cause I mean, yeah, that, that's sort of the spiritual side to it all. Mm-hmm. If you're open to it is very rewarding. I think. Absolutely. I don't it's, think people understand that, but if you do, if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's um, it's very healing, mm-hmm. especially like if you're, you know, if you feel like you're dealing with a lot in life or you're struggling to find some answers to some things. I don't know. Being open to being receptive of spirituality, I should say, or spirit can be highly beneficial. It's just have an open mind, you know, I mean... You see that there's an endless sea of planets and galaxies and all this stuff with the James Webb Space Telescope, and we're 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 a speck. You know what I mean? Like we're we're a dot, a yeah. grain of sand in the universe. There's no way that there's stuff like this doesn't exist. I just be open to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that perspective kind of freaks me out, but I kind of also like it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just yeah, just trying to just always kind of have that in the rear view, at least. Yeah, it's like a moment of existential crisis. Like, holy shit, we're a dot, and then you're like, all right, I, I gotta, I got stuff I gotta do. I can't. Like, nothing matters, but also (laughs) like everything matters. You're like, I don't matter. Nothing matters. You want to say fuck it all, but you're like, but also, yeah, no, it makes sense. But you know, I fully agree with everything you're saying, and I think that is really cool that you've been able to gain that kind of like introspection, everything on your life and your person and who you are. Damn, I'm inspired. Thank you. Cool. Well, thank you so much. So I, not throw a curveball at you, but at the end of my episodes, this might not make any sense to you, but I do something called the rage text of the day. I don't know if you ever sent a rage text. I don't know if you know what that is even, but if you were to send a rage text to like a person, a place, a thing, what would you say? Anything that's sort of like pissing you off at the moment? Mm, Not everything is about you. (laughs) I like like it short and simple. (laughs) Is that to a person or just to everyone? Just in general, just not everything is about you. Don't take it so personally. Chill out. Go outside. It's not that deep. Touch grass. Yeah, there you go. It's not that deep. (laughs) I like it. Well, thank you again so much. So where can, so everyone, you can check out all of the videos at Charm City Paranormal on YouTube. How often do you come out with videos? Right now, it's about two times a month. That's going to change. Starting the beginning of next year, it's going to be a lot more consistent. But as of right now, you can expect at least two full-length investigations a month. And then, where can anyone else like catch up or follow you? Any other like socials that you want to plug? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and yeah, that's it. Charm City Paranormal. Yep. And if you go to charmcityparanormal.com, all the socials are linked on there. That's right. Okay, perfect. Well, yeah, everyone check it out. Like it's really, really cool stuff. What you do is really, really, really awesome. And you'll be very scared watching them because don't watch them at night. I I did that last night and I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this before I go to bed. It's literally like one o'clock in the morning. I'm an idiot, but you know. Yeah. Watch it with the sun out. but But it's also kind of fun that way. Yeah. Anyways. Well, thank you again, Mike. And until next time, you all, I love you. Be kind to yourselves. Have a good Halloween.
Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate and tune in next week for an all new episode. 